This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat. The Pittsburgh Penguins have gotten back into the winning ways as they have ended their four-game losing streak right out of the gates following the NHL All-Star Game with a 4-2 win over the Boston Bruins. Horwat, obviously, there's something that happened at the end of this game that we will get into. We'll separately talk about the Brad Marchand, Tristan Jari incident. We're also going to go and lay down the floor plans, basically, for this weekend's matchups against the Senators and the New Jersey Devils. And then we'll finish this episode out with shoutouts and callouts. But first and foremost, let's talk about the Penguins' win over the Boston Bruins at TD Garden, something that they've only done one other time since 2014. How big of a team win is this, even though the Penguins didn't really put their best foot forward? still a big team win because of the conversations we've been having the last few weeks that there is no quit in this team sure they don't play the full 60 but if you're gonna play only 40 it may as well be the last 40 and not the first you gotta love a team that can go down to nothing but you know you're not out of it granted i didn't watch a single second of this game i listened to your stream the entire time though i will say that i was too busy unlocking achievements in the show because i don't know that's my crack right now so I was listening to your voice uh, your voice through this entire game, and thank you for that because it was pretty good stuff. Everyone should tune into that. And just the fact that, again, we went down to nothing. Pa- David Posternock went up to nothing. Yeah. And then Danton Heinen <laughs> tied it uh, 28 seconds apart. It was it was the Bruins' top-tier scoring, like we like we had talked about, showing up. Danton, or, uh, David Posternock won on the power play. One five on five, both assisted by Taylor Hall. That's their second line. And again, it was the depth scoring that couldn't perform for them, and that was something that the Penguins needed to pick up. Granted, it still didn't pick up to what we want it to be. But Danton Heinen scoring two goals in 28 seconds is a good start, especially with assists from Brock McGinn and Evan Rodriguez finally finding his way back to the score sheet. Mm-hmm. Things looked positive. They tied the game up so quickly, you forgot that we were down for a while, and... I mean, you can't sleep on this on the Penguins anymore. You can't. Like I said, if you're not gonna play a full sixty, I mean, as much as we want them to, they're just it doesn't seem like they're going to yet until they prove us otherwise. But if you're not gonna play a full sixty, you may as well take your time off in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Just trying to look at the bright side of this because again, you want to play the full sixty, but closing out strong is much better than starting off strong and ending cold. So bringing it back into the game, bringing your team back into the game with two quick goals, sure, from one person, but got to find it from somewhere, and I'm glad it was the depth. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguins, for the first time in four games, got a goal from somebody other than their top line and Evgeny Malkin. So as we go through the scoring really quickly, obviously Evgeny Malkin was missing this game. We did not get to talk about that on Monday because it happened right before we recorded. We just failed to look at it. But uh, yeah, Evgeny Malkin is going to be out for Thursday's game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. He could return for Sunday's game against the New Jersey Devils, but they were without him for this game against the Boston Bruins. Like you mentioned, David Posternock, two goals in the first period. The first one, what did we say going into it on Monday's episode? Do not 
take a penalty against this team. They have the fourth best power play in the National Hockey League. And two minutes in, Danton Heinen goes into the box. And what happens? Taylor Hall gets the puck in the slot, sends it over to Pasternak, and they convert. one nothing game. Then, Chris Letang, we'll talk about his performance in this game. He had a bad turnover later in the first period. That leads to a three-on-one for the Boston Bruins. First save is made by Tristan Jari, a good job on his part, but David Posternock does what good goal scorers do, and he stuck around at the front of the net, got the rebound, hit it out of midair, and got it past Tristan Jari. It was 2 to nothing. David Posternock after the first period. You mentioned Danton Heinen scoring two goals in 28 seconds in the second in his first game back in Boston since they traded him to Anaheim back in 2020. So nice for Danton Heinen to get a couple goals there. And then later in the period, similar thing. Both of these teams have really good special teams, so it was going to be a battle of who can outlast who in that department. And at the end of the day, the difference maker was Sidney Crosby on the power play. A fantastic play, in my opinion, by Brian Rust. And if there's anybody, young players, young kids, men or women, whoever's trying to get into the sport of hockey and trying to succeed in the sport of hockey, look at what Brian Rust did on this opportunity. He had a great opportunity, missed the net, hits it off the side of the net, but instead of sitting there and watching it, he noticed that it was going to miss. He followed it through, got the rebound, was able to find Sidney Crosby before Jeremy Swayman was able to reset. Crosby scores his 499th goal on, a, like I said, a great play by Brian Rust to set it up. And all of a sudden, when the Penguins were down 2 to nothing and they were not playing particularly well, they didn't in the first, they didn't in the second, there was a time where it opened up and both teams were going tit for tat, opportunity on either end. Defensively, the Penguins were really never into this game. And then, of course, in the end, third period, Tristan Jari standing on his head. Rust hits the empty netter. I thought one of the few really good defensive plays was by Gensel there to clear the zone, gets it away from two Bruins, sets it up, lays it up for Brian Rust. And all of a sudden, 4-2, to two, that is where the game ends. Again, we'll talk about Brad Marchand in a little bit. But Horwat, thinking of how this game developed and the fact that the Penguins, we always said at the beginning of the season, their defense was a big reason as to why they were finding success. Their defense was nowhere to be found today. It was all Tristan Jari. For sure. I, we need the defense to also pick it up and get itself back into gear. You mentioned on the stream multiple times that... Um, uh, okay, the names escape me. Chris Tang looked horrendous. Uh, again, I didn't see it, but holy hell, for how many times you said he was giving the puck away or just not having a good game is not ideal from your number one defenseman your possible jersey retirement possible <laughs> iffy situation hall of famer defenseman mm -hmm. it's that's not what you want to see especially when we've had the discussion how many times that he's playing the best hockey of his career it seems you can't fall backwards in a game in a game like that i mean maybe not of his career but we talk, we've been talking all year about how good he's been offensively defensively um yeah the, you can't just leave jari out to dry like that is sure he's coming off of a break in the all-star game yeah. but um it looked like jari was doing stuff in the all-star game though he wasn't just uh a passenger he won the damn thing he played the most games mm. well that's nothing new for tristan jari he's always playing the most games the only player goaltender I should say that has played more than Tristan Jari has been UC Saros of the Nashville Predators who was also an all-star this year so it makes sense but uh, back to Chris Letang he did he just had a rough game you could see when the puck was on his stick it was a little uneasy he had a couple of turnovers the bad one 
that led to a goal specifically was the second goal for David Pasternak. The puck came to the point, he whipped on a shot, and then just get got left behind. Bad turnover at the point. Listen, we, we roasted Kasperi Kapanen for doing that against the Washington Capitals last week. We're going to roast Chris Letang for doing the same exact thing. Now, not in a more pivotal part of the game. It was the first period. You were only down by one. And as we've seen, this team is really good at coming back. But still, Chris Letang is the guy that's supposed to be your leader. You can't have him. Like, you can make one mistake like that. And then you have to forget about it. But Letang made three or four other egregious turnovers that led to opportunities for the Boston Bruins. But luckily, Tristan Jari was able to stand on his head. He finished with 43 saves on 45 shots. We're talking about the fact that we've overused him in starts. How about overusing him when he does start? Let's get him a little bit of help because it seems like at least eight of the last 10 games, he's been facing 35 plus shots and you cannot have that. I mean, the Bruins had, I believe, 17 shots in the first period, 18 in the second period. They need to be better. And by they, I mean the Pittsburgh Penguins defense and forwards need to be better at insulating Tristan Jari because eventually it's going to catch up to him. And that's why we're saying maybe they need to go out and get a goaltender that's going to be able to take some blows from Tristan Jari in the second half of this season. Just collect wins. If if we had the Casey DeSmith from a couple of years ago, I'd be perfectly okay with shoving him into the net for a couple of, start, couple of extra starts because... We've seen the Maple Leafs do it year after year. You overwork your goalie, it's going to result to absolutely nothing in the playoffs. Last season for the Penguins, I mean, it was a shortened season, and Jari just kind of fell apart in the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to repeat that in a full season where he might play 60, 50-something games. He'll he'll be in the high 50s, I guarantee it. You can't do that. You need someone to just make saves behind him and you also just need to make sure he's not getting overworked in the games he is playing and that's on the defense for trying to stop the puck stop the advantage what was the old the old cliche with Chris Letang the old Chris Letang was kind of like the current Mike Matheson where it was he's gonna do phenomenal things Mm -hmm. but it's gonna come at the cost of uh, quite a few very very bad things uh, Chris Letang has kicked that schneid in this this season, the last couple seasons. Mike Madsen has taken that mantle, whatever, so be it. He's on the third line, though. He's not getting the same ice time. Chris Letang, like I said, if he's not, he, he's kicked that. But you can't revert back into that. Sure, it's just one game, and that's going to happen. One game here and there is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to make it a habit. We're not try- I don't think we're trying to uh, say Chris Letang needs to fix his game or change what he's doing, but this just can't become a habit. And we just have to point it out the first time we see it to look for it in the next game for if the habit builds. Because if it does, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, with, with him, it's a matter of what you see is what you get. You can't change Chris Letang at this point. And there have been times where he's been the best player on the ice for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And there's times where he's been the worst player on the ice for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's not just this season. That is his entire career, as you mentioned. But this season has been majority good things from him. We just have to hope that that continues. And we talk about Tristan Jari. I wanted to look it up, finishing with, we said upper 50s. He's already at 38 games played. Damn it. His career high is 39 from last season. So. Oh, no. Well, okay. I think we all assumed he was going to get his career high this year because it is his second full season is his second season as the full-time full-time starter with the team but first full season i think we could have all safely assumed 
he was going to break 38, right? Yeah. We all assumed he was going to break 38, but that being said, uh, hitting that number literally a game or two after the All-Star break, not ideal. Yeah. Because you want him to coast around, what, what would you say, 45? Low 50? You, you'd like to see your starter get 50 starts, ideally, in my opinion, and see your backup pick up 32. But usually that doesn't happen. I would imagine it's usually around 55. But once they get up into the 60s, that's when you're looking at your backup and saying, are you even worth being on this team? Yeah, because Tristan Jari is not, and no offense Tristan Jari, but he's just not Martin Brodeur. Like even late career Martin Brodeur, where you were able to put him in for 70 games. And yeah, I mean, you may not have gotten a playoff run out of him. Hell, it was the, it was the very bad Devils who just had a very good goalie. You might not have even made the playoffs. But you knew he could go out there and you'd have a chance, regardless of his age and how much he was playing. Now Jari is younger. It's just also a different game. The mm-hmm. hockey is a much different game than it was even in Broder's late career. Whereas you have to rest your goalies. You're not... I mean, clearly, this isn't the 90s where they are playing damn near 80 games a year. Yeah. Um, just much like baseball. I mean, the sport has changed to the point where you need... A rotation of pitchers you need a rotation of goalies you're not sending out the same guy every game of the year anymore um, mm-hmm. sure the baseball one's a little extreme because they play 162 and there's a nowadays there's a clear rotation of six guys at least mm-hmm. but in hockey you still have to have your backup they're the, the goaltending is the, the only position that's out there 60 minutes a game mm-hmm. you gotta figure it out you have to have someone who can backstop your backstop yeah there you go so good on tristan jari the pittsburgh penguins it's funny funny how this sport works and mike sullivan said as much in his post-game press conference he thought they played a much better game last tuesday against the washington capitals yet they lost last tuesday and they were able to win this past tuesday against the boston bruins but nonetheless penguins get the win now i think it's time for us to to move on to the brad marshall thing let's talk about this and I'll, I'll run down what happened. We have some clips from coaches, players, what they think of it. And then we'll talk a little bit about it. Obviously, Marchand, this was not something that just happened and came out of the blue. He was kind of on one all game long. Especially once the Bruins gave up that 2 to nothing lead and started trailing the Pittsburgh Penguins late in the second period. Obviously, following the second period, Tristan Jari took a puck, was going to give it to a fan in the stands. Marchand comes through, does the little swipe, takes the puck and whips it across the ice. Clearly, he's upset that his team is outplaying the Pittsburgh Penguins, yet is losing 3-2 after having a 2-0 lead and, yes, still playing extremely well. And the reason, because of Tristan Jari. So, Jari going to give a puck to the stands. Okay, I get it. I don't care. I think that was, you know, it's Brad Marchand. He's upset. I understand it. Then, of course, at the start of the third period, the opening faceoff, Crosby breaks his stick on the, on the faceoff. And Marchand, again... Blocking him. It's a weird play. It looks weird. Crosby was obviously getting pissed off. Marshawn's probably just joking with his friend in that instance, to me. And secondly, being Brad Marshawn. That's something that he's going to do. He's going to say, hey, I'm wait- my-, my team has the puck. I'm going to wait at the blue line. And while I'm going to do that, I'm going to box you out so you don't go to the-, 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 the bench and get a stick. So, okay, again, Brad Marshawn, antics, whatever. Like, it- it's what happens. And I'm sure part of that was because Marshawn and Crosby are such good friends off the ice. And then, of course, you see what happens in the final minute, and that's where you cross the line. That's where it becomes, hey, this is Brad Marchand's antics. He's weird. He licks people's faces. And this is when it becomes, okay, that's a dirty play. 
That's a match penalty, and that's why he's going to get a call from Commissioner Gary Bettman and potentially be suspended, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But obviously, in the last minute, Bruins are pushing hard, trying to tie the game. Marshawn goes hard to the crease, one stoppage, chops away at, at Tristan Jari. I would imagine some words were said at that point, which they always are, especially when a goaltender gets chopped when he's icing the puck. And then nothing comes from it. A little bit later, another stoppage. Tristan Jari makes another really good save. And then out of nowhere, Marshawn reaches around Latang, punches Tristan Jari in the head. At that moment, the one of the few players, I think only three of the Penguins' five players on the ice saw that. Latang was the closest to him. Goes after him, but immediately, not one, not two, but three referees are in between Latang and Marshawn, separating them from the situation. And at that point, you thought, okay, somebody, at least the refs did their job and separated very quickly. You hope, and I'll talk about my thoughts on this, I would hope that somebody would have stood up for their goaltender, but upon review of the tape, as you sent to me, a lot of the Penguins didn't even see it. The one that did was Latang, and he got pinned back by two referees, and the referees were able to keep him and Tristan Jari back. Of course, then Marshawn comes back, sticks Jari in the helmet when he's being escorted off the ice, which is another, you know, antics thing. That's another crossing the line thing. He's given a match penalty, which automatically triggers a review from the NHL. He is technically, currently, as of this recording, this could all be resolved by the time this episode comes out, but currently he is technically suspended from the league until the commissioner is able to rule on it. That's what the rule book states. But to me, looking at the situation, Brad Marchand basically did what he want and went out unscathed. Yeah. That bothered me a little bit. He got Latang got to him a little bit and pulled his helmet off, and that was all that happened. He's basically unscathed. Now he's gonna get discipline, obviously, financial penalty whatever, but you would have liked to see, at least I would have liked to see at least somebody stand up for their goaltender there, especially considering the fact that they had already hung Tristan Jari out to dry the entire game. He's the only reason you're in that game. He's the only reason there's any emotion in that game because he's kept you in it. And then that something like that happens. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't just kind of a minuscule little poking the glove when he has it covered. He punched him in the face. I would have liked to see a little bit more of a response, but at the same time, I do understand that it's the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're not really technically going to see that very often. So it doesn't help when the stars are out there. They're not going to be the guys to do it. Chris Letang yeah, might, and it, you said that he did a little. And Oh, he, he was incensed. Yeah, and Marshan and Letang have a little history, aside from being uh, teammates in the queue. They, they've gotten into it before. I mean, a couple of French-Canadian guys, that'll happen. But also, just looking back at some of the tape, when the stars are out there, they're not going to be the ones that step in. They're not. Because it's not, A, their game. B, in a guy like, in, in a guy like Crosby's case, I would assume maybe he has the thought process of, don't get yourself involved, don't get yourself injured to the point where you now affect the, your team in the future. Mm-hmm. It's being it's it's kind of like in in real life here. Uh, you're being the bigger man and not and stepping away from the situation of letting the officials take care of it. Yeah, that can only do so much when it is still a sport and it is a sport like this, and you're dealing with a player like this. The first two incidences that you talked about with the Marshan thing, the puck and the uh, blocking Crosby from getting a stick. That's just Marshan. That's just him yeah, being that's... a pest. I had no issues with it. I thought yeah, no, the puck one was kind of funny it was funny just kind of rude from a fan's perspective i mean i looking at the tape was who was he going to give that puck to i didn't see a penguin somebody fan. behind the net i was like i didn't see a penguin fan back there 
Like maybe that was just Jari trying to be good to the home crowd. Um, and from what it seems, the home crowd loved it. They were all cheering, cheering it on when it happens. So I'm yeah. not super angry about the Marshan thing. It's just and, dick move on his part. Just let like let your fa- it's your fans having yeah. a good time. Sure, it's at the uh, at the generosity of your opponent and the guy who is shutting you down, but it's just. I don't know. Small things. If that one's on Marshan just being a dick, just in general. And here's um, the thing: those things aren't looked at, and nobody cares about them. They're like they're those are jokes. Yeah. If what happens in the last minute doesn't happen, that happens, and all of a sudden people go back and say, "Oh, well, he did this. Oh, well, he did this." It's a pattern of, "Oh, he's been getting pissed off this entire game, and it finally just came to a head." If if what happened in the last minute doesn't happen, we're we're not even mentioning that. No, no. And in, in fact, we might even say that the. The blocking Crosby to get a stick thing, I was going to mention, what's the general rule on that? Is that interference, or is that just a really good, smart play? Yeah, you're taking yourself out of the play, but you're also taking Sidney Crosby out of the play. Genuinely, that's a good move. It's because you know Crosby's the better player, and your team has the puck, and you're kind of giving yourself an advantage of going uh, closer to your blue line. I don't know. It's There's... A lot to be made on that play specifically, I think. Like, that one could be a genuine discussion of what's the A, legality, and B, how smart of a move that is. Because I genuinely liked that one. I thought that was kind of smart, actually. The whole, I loved the image of the whole bench just being confused of what's happening. Yeah, I, I think if by the book, that's probably interference, but the rest are probably looking at that like, okay, by whatever. The book. What? What book? Well, there is a rule book in the NHL. If you if you don't know, there is one. There's it's very rarely used and taken word for word, but by the book, by the rule, the written rule, that's probably interference. But realistically, the refs are not going to call something like that, especially when it's two guys that everybody knows they're friends and it's probably just bullshitting. Yeah, and I also like I said, I don't care about that. No, nobody cared. I didn't care. I saw that and I was like, why are we watching look watching this? Show me the replay of him actually losing his mind and punching somebody. Yeah, cuz so of the three offenses, four offenses, I guess, the punch and the stick to the face are top 2 clearly. Then the the puck into the crowd, that one's my 3 and the inter- and the Crosby going to get a stick is 4. I care about that one the least. Um, like I mentioned, the puck one is just him being a little prick, uh, and making sure his fans don't get ice things. That's his idea. Not anyone else's. Jari was trying to be a nice guy. But, and then the main act, the main event, the reason why we're talking about this, the first punch to the face, which, what? What? Yeah. Again, the play is over. You don't just skate toward the goalie around a defenseman and punch him square in the face. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. You do that in public? That's assault, brother. (laughs) Just wild stuff the stuff you can get away with legally uh in hockey is just interesting because again that's assault brother but at the same time yeah ask alvin Kamara. yeah just went straight at him punched him in the face and then yeah there's the retaliation it's not much because not a lot of people saw it because everyone was skating away from the play and also it's the stars on the ice there's not gonna be much response you do that with brian boyle on the ice oh it's game over uh, you do that with you do that with Evgeny Malkin on the ice. You're probably getting hit in the head with a stick. <laughs> oh, about that. Then there's part two, <laughs> when Brad Marchand, which being skated past the, you are literally in the referee's arms, and you're throwing your stick. What did you think was gonna happen? 
That to me is what's probably going to get him in trouble. The punch initially yes. might be a fine. I know that it looks egregious because it looked like a straight right cross, uh -huh. especially, but it's probably just a fine. Whenever the refs have pulled you off and you've been separated for as long as they were separated, it's on the refs, one, for skating him past the goalie, and two, when you're in the ref's arms like that and you try to stab somebody in the face with a stick, that's what's going to get you the discipline from the NHL, in my opinion. If he gets anything, it's going to be because of that. Right. So, of the discipline that can come down, uh, Brad Marchand has been offered an in-person hearing via Zoom. So, a Zoom hearing. Let's let's get our wording correct here, Department of Player mm -hmm. Safety. Uh, for roughing for roughing and high slash high sticking. Uh, assuming the roughing is going to be the punch and the high sticking the roughing. is the high sticking. Yes. Yes. Um, Tristan Tari, date and time to be determined. And you mentioned he is suspended until that is situated. With the, with it being an in-person hearing, I believe it can, it has to be multiple games now, correct? I have no I idea. What the it's rules not in-person, it's Zoom. Yeah, I, I forget what the whole situation is. He, Brad Marchand also has seven previous suspensions. Now, yeah, when it comes to it. seven previous suspensions, are you ready to have the Tom Wilson discussion again? At what when point, do they fall off? Yep. When are you no longer a quote-unquote repeat offender? When was his last suspension? Do you have that there? No, I don't. I bet. Um, how about this? We'll do this. If you want to look that up, try to find his last suspension. We have a couple of clips here about the response from what happened on Tuesday night. First and foremost, we're going to talk or listen to what Tristan Jari and Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan had to say. Uh, yeah, I think it's just the heat of the moment. I think uh, everyone's battling hard out there, and he's just trying to get the puck to the net, and I think the team did a great job. It's part of the game, and I think uh, what stay, it just stays on the ice. Um, you know, obviously, you've got motions got carried away there at the end, and uh, I didn't see some of it, quite honestly, but um, obviously that's, that's not anything that we can control, so we're not, we're not really focused on it. So I have a couple things with that. One, Tristan Jari's response is basically what we expect from Tristan Jari. He's a reserved guy off the ice. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and make the headline and say, hey, he, he said this, I said this. No, he's going to be like, all right, I'm moving on. And that is because of the second quote we just heard from head coach Mike Sullivan. That's why you don't see a lot of the response. John Marino, when he had that Brady Kachuk thing, he stood up for himself. Somebody would have stood up for him. But for the most part, this team is trained and this team is told to skate away and think of the betterment of the team. Now, Sidney Crosby, when you mentioned the fact that Crosby's not going to get into that, I don't believe that for one second. Crosby gets into scuffles. Crosby gets agitated. You need any evidence? Look back at the Nico Mikola thing when the Penguins played the Blues a month ago. Crosby will get into it, but this team is trained for the most part to try to let things go unless there is somebody that is injured or somebody that was in threat of massive injury. Now, it is very disrespectful what Brad Marchand did to Tristan Jari, but he didn't injure him. He didn't intend to injure him. He intended to annoy him, to agitate him, and to piss him off. And that's exactly what he did, and he pissed off Chris Letang in the meantime, but he didn't intend to injure him. And I feel like that's the line that Mike Sullivan tells these guys, listen, stand up for yourself. Stand up for your teammates, but at the end of the day, do not do it at the cost of this team. And with a minute left in the game and a, a two-goal lead and already down four people, four forwards, this team is trained to, hey, let Marshawn go, whatever. 
Get back. If you can get to him, get to him. If you can't, don't force the issue and don't take a suspension because they need him. I think that is coming from Sullivan all the way down through Crosby and through the rest of the team. This team is not a team that's going to respond like that. Now, does that bother you, Horwat? Do you think they need a response? Or do you think that basic ground rule that we've seen of protect yourself if you feel like you've been disrespected and protect your teammates if they're injured, but not at the cost of the greater good. Do you think that's good for the Penguins or do you think they need a little bit more fire in protecting their teammates and their goaltender in this instance? I think it's fine. I don't mm-hmm. totally like it, but I get it because we have such skilled guys like Crosby, Malkin, Latang. We don't want them to miss games. They've missed enough. All three of those guys have missed enough in their career. We do not need to tack on another one because of a stupid injury inflicted by brad marchand of all people who was going to be getting a suspension anyway we don't need to have that discussion of oh hey brad marchand did a stupid thing and now we're talking about Crosby being hurt for however many weeks we don't want to have that discussion so i totally get it Mm -hmm. um sure it's still hockey and you want to see your guys stick up for each other but i think that's why like i mentioned before when the stars are on the ice we know it's not going to happen if it's a guy like brian boyle if it's a guy like brock mcginn even teddy bluger i think would step into that um, they're going to be the guys to do it a little more because they're the bottom six. Not, nothing wrong with it, but they're the bottom six guys that are made to play like that. Brian Boyle's made to just get you back. Um, and for what it's worth, Marshan may have noticed who was on the ice and said he's not going to get a retaliation. There's not going to be an immediate on-ice um, situation. It'll just yeah. be something handled afterwards. Not that he was also thinking, oh, suspension's going to come from this whack it's just he probably noticed who was on the ice and that nothing was going to immediately happen yeah which is a big thought process which is why tom wilson takes the runs that he does he knows he's the Mm -hmm. bigger guy than a lot of people on the ice so he does it um also if you wanted brad marchand's last suspension it was this year it was this season i don't i do vaguely remember him getting suspended i don't remember what for i don't remember what for either i but I'm assuming it was a hit or something, but it was from November 29th was the date of the suspension until December 5th. Prior to that, though, it was January 24th through February 7th of 2018. So he's had a little while, but he has been suspended this year already. Yes. So I would imagine that tax on a game or two. He might be suspended for three games. That's that's, And again, it might come out before this comes out, but I would think that he gets suspended for three games. But before we get into all of that, I know that's another can of worms, and we're not going to talk about this too much longer. We'll get back to the Penguins and their upcoming games. But here is what Bruce Cassidy said. When I heard Jari, when I heard Sullivan talk, they were basically saying, heat of the moment, emotions got high, and Bruce Cassidy, a guy that usually backs his players no matter what. This is a guy that he's seen his his players do some egregious things and just said, you know, I back them, they're in the right this is what he had to say on the Marshan situation. Uh, I don't know. That happened quick. I don't. I, you know, honestly, uh, lack of discipline, obviously, on Brad's part in that situation. Because I just watched the the replay at the end. It looks like some words were exchanged. I don't know if there was an incident at the end of the second period that precipitated. I was in the room, so I don't, I don't know. Someone said that. Uh, still, you got to have better discipline. At the end of the day, Brad Brad's a leader in our team, and he, he and uh, you know he needs to control his emotions. He needs to control his emotions. That's the words of a coach that said, okay, Patrice Bergeron just went down with a concussion. We don't even know when he's coming back. Tuka Rask might be retiring. We don't need Brad Marchand suspended when we're the last place team in a playoff spot. They're the bottom team in the East playoffs. I know there's a big gap between them and Detroit. I know that they're probably a playoff team, but... That's Bruce Cassidy basically saying, like, come on, Marshy. There was a minute left in this game. 
I'm mad, you're mad, we should have won this game, but now if they have to play without Bergeron and Marshawn, that could that could cost them a couple of games in a spot where they do not want to finish in that last spot because they will have to play probably Florida or Tampa or potentially Toronto at best case scenario for them. But they might have to play Florida or Tampa if they finish in last. They want to move up. They want to catch the Capitals. They want to get in the top three. But if they miss a guy like Marshawn, I think that what you heard there from Bruce Cassidy is basically saying like, we get it at some point. But to some extent, you have to think there. And I think Cassidy is frustrated there, and he's trying to think of excuses, and he just can't. Yeah. No, he's out. He's out. He's out on this on this uh, crap, man. Brad Marchand, like we mentioned, seven previous suspensions for yeah. for the most wild reasons. Sure, there's a couple of hits in there, but then there's licking. There's I don't think this. he got suspended for licking. I thought he did for a game. I there. don't know. I thought he did because – even pre-pandemic, uh, gross. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's just some of, like, Bruce Cassidy, it's good to see a coach finally saying, hey, team, stop. Be smart. Control yeah. your emotions, quote-unquote. And if you want more words, Phil Bork tweeted. Now, again, I don't know the how real this was, but Phil Bork's a pretty knowledgeable guy. Spoke with Jack Edwards. Oh, by the way, Jack Edwards. Yeah, when you talk about homers, I'm pretty sure he's at the top of the list in all of sports. Yes, and I'm very surprised he just didn't talk through that whole thing. If you watch the Boston feed of that whole, he didn't say a single word. He didn't say anything. Well, it if was you can all leave Jack guy. Edwards. If you can leave Jack Edwards speechless, that's that's saying something. Yeah, you want to uh, you want to who else left Jack Edwards speechless? Phil Bork. Let me read this tweet. I read it to you before the show. Okay. I do want to read it on here because Phil Bork. I spoke to Jack Edwards after the game and asked him if he vehemently. I try. I can't say that word. Uh, called out Marchand for for his intent to injure Tristan Jari, which, okay, intent to injure, we had that discussion. It could be either way. Um, And he was quiet as a church mouse. Again. If Jack Edwards is not backing you up and you wear the spoked bee, hold on, there's something wrong here. Yeah. His silence speaks louder than anything anybody could have said that we just listened to. Yeah, it does. Because it's Jack Edwards. But, uh... I think we should just lay this to rest here because we talked about it for probably way too long. But uh, it was an interesting, something you don't very see very much. Tristan Jari has gotten into a lot of these scuffles this year that we've never seen him before. So he's getting a little bit more emotional. But still, you heard his voice. He's still very subdued. He's still very calm. He's a guy that must have said something. We're never going to know. So it's it's not worth trying to investigate it more. But we'll have to see what happens with the Brad Marchand stuff. These two teams do not play again until April 16th, so we will not see the fallout of this for a long time. They play the 16th, and then they play again on April 21st, an extended home-and-home for the Penguins, as they will have four days off between those two games. But we're going to take a quick break here. When we return, we'll talk about this weekend schedule for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have games against the Senators and the New Jersey Devils. We'll break down those two matchups coming right up. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams for Super Bowl 56. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, make sure you play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. Why? Because new customers can get a free shot and a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now 
Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and you can win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467369. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. The Pittsburgh Penguins got off the schneid on Tuesday against the Boston Bruins. We talked about that for the first 30 minutes of this show, so we won't talk about it anymore. But the Penguins currently riding a one-game winning streak into a weekend against two teams that are out of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. First, they will take on the Ottawa Senators on Thursday. Still will not be without with Evgeny Malkin, as he is still confirmed on a COVID case. And due to the Canada versus U.S. rules, the border travel rules, Evgeny Malkin is confirmed to not be playing against Ottawa. He could be returning on Sunday against the Devils. Has not been ruled out for that game as of yet. But for Pens versus Sens, the last matchup was on January 20th. The Penguins won by a score of 6-4 to at home. That game was crazy for the Penguins because they went out to a 6-1 to lead before the Senators were able to climb their way back in, making it 6-4. to And then, of course, at the end, we have the Kachuk and the John Marino scrap. You had the Josh Norris getting a bloody nose whenever the Penguins were up 5-4 to en route to their empty netter. So do you think, Horwat, that we see any carryover of that animosity? It has been a couple of weeks, and there's been an all-star break in between. So just because it's Kachuk, I'm going to say there's going to be a little. We know this. Mm-hmm. It might not happen until we're blowing them out again because Kachuk is kind of smart. But I bet there's a little something because it, it is like a Kachuk regardless if it is the father or the two sons mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit, amen. Just, I expect there to be a little something. I, not Maybe not specifically with John Marino. Uh, mm-hmm. Malkin won't be there again, so that's a damn shame. But I expect there to be a little bit of something there. And re- whether or not it is new bad blood or carryover with the John Marino situation, I think it'll just be interesting to see. I know that Kachuk, we, we know all of the Kachuks have that little... Um, can't think of the word but just that little bit of snarl in them mm-hmm. there there's going to be something regardless of if it's new or old i we probably we probably should have predicted something like that from him uh before that game even just because he is a kachuk and that's just what they do so i expect there to be a little something just depends on uh what it is and when it happens mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be a physical matchup nonetheless i think because that ended with a fight i think that specific is put to bed I'm sure John Marino does have it in the back of his head, though, that this guy tried to end his season, basically. He ran him in the last 10 seconds of a game. He's not going to forget that, but John Marino is also not a guy that is in the position physically to be able to go and do something about it. I know he stood up to him and he fought him, but that's probably not going to carry over. But it will be a physical game between these two teams. A lot of talent on both sides, unfortunately, for the Sens. Alex Formanton, who played a really good game against the Penguins in that matchup on the 20th, will not be playing because... He was injured. Was it Formanton? No. Drake Batherson, I should say, is not going to be in because he was injured in an incident a couple days after that. But Formanton will be in. He had a great game against the Penguins. 
They're a very talented team. Will we see Matt Murray? I don't know. He was he was a healthy scratch in that matchup against the Penguins on January 20th, but he did play earlier this week and shut down the New Jersey Devils. So we might see Tr- or Tristan Jari versus Matt Murray. We don't know what the, the matchup's going to be in there, but if you look at the Ottawa Senators, they're 2-0 since the All-Star break with a 4-1 win over the Devils and a 4-3 win on Tuesday evening over the Carolina Hurricanes. So they're not a team to be taken lightly. They can play spoiler all year the rest of this season now because they have the talent and it's going to be weird because it's going to be the first time in a long time that we've seen a Pens game without any fans in the stands. Oh, that's right. Canada doesn't ha- doesn't have fans right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that will be interesting. Well, it's also Ottawa. It's not like they had too many fans to begin with. Yeah. Sorry, they didn't have too many fans going to the games. They have a huge fan base. It's just a matter of them getting to the arena. Yeah. Damn it, Eugene. <laughs> yeah. So I think it'll be a good game, though. Honestly, I think of the two games... Even though it, it depends. If you believe in trends, maybe the Devils game's tougher. If you don't believe in trends, it's probably the Senators game. Oh, I believe in trends, especially when it comes to TD Gardens or Prudential Center. So, hey, we got you know, we kicked one of those trends. So, yeah, maybe. the Penguins the Penguins have won now two of their last five games at TD Garden. Yeah, turning it around for sure. Um, but no, let, let's move over to Sunday's game. Penguins will take on the New Jersey Devils. The Devils are very out of it. They did get a win on Tuesday, which is nice, but that ended a seven-game losing streak for them. Obviously, they've been without Jack Hughes all week. He tested positive for coronavirus once he returned from Vegas. He'll probably be back if he doesn't have any symptoms. He'll probably be back and available for the Devils in that game against the Penguins. He's He's honestly had a really, really good season. It's basically his coming out party to the National Hockey League. But again, the Devils... Two wins in their last 12. The playoffs are out of reach. Just ended that seven-game losing streak with a win against Montreal. Still a win nonetheless. They won 7-1. So we'll see what happens with that on the Penguin side of things. It's a matinee game at Prudential Center. If any, if we can know anything, the Penguins are probably going to come out flat at the Rock. <laughs> we know how it goes. That's, that's why I said sometimes you just have to follow certain trends, and the Prudential Center curse is one of them. Sure, we've been playing fair there. Uh, the last few years but then again the devils just haven't been good and it's a matter of continuing some decent success against the devils i can remember like i just mentioned martin broder not that long ago even when that team was really bad which this devil's team not very bad but just isn't hitting their potential Mm -hmm. they always had good goaltending and what does the goaltending situation look like for the devils right now is it blackwood Uh still Blackwood is there, but he's hurt. They've had so many different players. I mean, Gillies, I think, started their last game. There's John Gillies. There's so many. Like, they've had Nico Dawes called up at one point. Their goaltending situation is weird. I mean, the lumber yard that you talked about at the beginning of the season has been broken down. Wedgwood's gone. Bernier's out for the season, and Blackwood is hurt. So, they have an interesting goaltending situation, for sure. Oh, well, man. I can't wait till whatever AHL call-up is in for them just plays the game of his career yeah (laughs) honestly i I don't have the highest expectations going into new jersey like i didn't with boston i honestly didn't then we went down to nothing and it was all being confirmed for me so i'm just gonna go in low expectations into new jersey and hopefully i'm surprised Mm -hmm. now that could be the return for evgeny malkin if he comes in I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about the Devils this year. I'm not, I mean, yeah. I know that I know the Devils beat the Pittsburgh Penguins earlier in the season. I know their track record at Prudential Center. I'm not worried about that game. If anything, I'm a little bit more worried about the, the Ottawa Senators on Thursday if I'm the Penguins because that's a team that is in a perfect position to play spoiler. 
Matt Murray, since being recalled from the AHL, has been really good. He uh, five and one, I believe five one and two or five two and one or something like that, and a really good save percentage. So if anything, I'm more worried about the Senators game, especially because you're going to be without Evgeny Malkin. But if you get Malkin back. I'm not worried, and also because the Penguins usually play really well on Super Bowl Sunday. There's an opposite trend that might, you know, blank it out, but the Pens are usually really good in matinees on Super Bowl Sunday. The last one I can recall was a really nice win against the Washington Capitals back in 2020. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so anything's possible. I mean, yeah. I just I just have low expectations just because it is Prudential Center, because it is the, the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. But like, I'm, not, I'm not scared of that team either. It's just a matter of that arena, and we saw at the beginning of the of the Boston game that those arenas can be houses of horrors for this team. Yeah. And it is just a matter of kicking it into gear. It didn't kick into gear for the defense, but Tristan Jari was perfectly fine in Boston. And then there's New Jersey where, depending on how that game starts, I'm just going to keep my expectations low just because, hey, better to expect a loss and be surprised by a win than to expect a win and be pissed by a loss. Mm-hmm. So... That's my thought process for the Devils. And again, I'm not scared of the team. And part of me, <clears throat> excuse me, part of me is expecting a win. But at the same time, I'm just going to keep the expectations low because House of Horrors. Yeah. One last question before we take a break and go to shout outs and call outs to close out this week. Horwat, does Sidney Crosby score his 500th career goal this weekend? In either game? In either game. See, that's so hard because Chris Kunitz isn't on this team to like help him along with it. No, but Jake Gensel is. Jake Gensel is. Um, I bet in the Devils game it does. Devils game. Okay. Devils game in a matinee. The, when I think of Crosby, Devils, matinee, Prudential Center, I think of the baseball bat goal in overtime. So maybe. There you go. On the home opener. Yeah. That was a night yeah. game, wasn't it? Wait a minute. That was a day game. It was? I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. I just remember being at the. Oh, no. It was, it was a night game. I don't know. But it was at Prudential Center, Sidney Crosby and the New Jersey Devils. It was on the MLB opener. I don't know if it was the home opener, but it was the first day of baseball. It was That's all day. we need to know. Like a couple years ago. I don't even know. I but. was living in Mount Washington. I can remember watching it on a stream in my kitchen. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll close this show out with shout-outs and call-outs. We'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities, especially with Super Bowl Sunday right around the corner. Get those prop bets in. Going tails never fails over on the Super Bowl. Uh, what is it called? The anthem and Gatorade color is going to be clear. That's Those are my bets. Sweet water. Can we say Wanna, Super Bowl or do we have to say big game, by the way? What's the uh, what's the I trademarking mean, on that? Do we have to pay the NFL now? No. Nah. Super Bowl. Oh, there Come it is. for your money, NFL. I don't have any. <laughs> so take my nothing yeah take my nothing shout outs and call outs let's get into it i actually have two shout outs one that i wasn't planning on but until we started about halfway through the first segment i figured let me shout out you horwat i love that hat you have on because it matches my shirt i was yes i we were about halfway through one of the segments too and i looked down and i noticed and i was like oh damn it 
Yep. Yeah. Not I have like four more hats obviously. sitting on the wall behind me. I could have changed, but I decided not to. Just leave it. Stick with the gimmick. All the social clips for this is going to be everybody looking at this and saying, is that their uniform? I tr- is like, could there be any relevance to why we're doing this? No, uh, no, no. It's, it's, it's February 9th. No relevance to Cl- Roberto Clemente other than I liked this shirt when I, I woke up this morning and you liked that hat. It was, yeah. It, yeah. I was wearing it last night, playing the show, listening to your stream. Maybe that's what it was. And I just said, let's wear it again today. I don't know. <laughs> well, that is my first shout out. My second shout out actually goes to Zendaya because me and my fiance Kayla are watching Euphoria. Sunday's episode was phenomenal. It was basically one long, just two hour, like in the span of like one night following Zendaya. And obviously, absolutely one of the best episodes of television I think I've ever watched, to be completely honest, of any show. Like that includes any, any show I've ever watched. There's already talks of her winning an Emmy for her performance in this episode which is crazy. So there was a lot of suspense, tremendous acting on her part. It was an amazing episode. So I'm giving her a shout out this week. She's got talent. I've never, I've never seen the show. I've not seen any seconds of that show. Mm-hmm. So I don't have too much to say on it. I've just overheard the fact that she has a ton of talent. Um, who else is in that show? Sydney Sweeney seems to be the next big thing, I guess. Oh, and yeah. Oh. I don't know. I don't really, there's a lot of actors that haven't really been in much else. Um, I know the one guy was also in the kissing booth. I found that out. I don't, I've never seen the kissing booth. So I guess he's been in something else, but other than, uh, other than Zendaya, there's a lot of actors and, and actresses that haven't really been in much else. Yeah. I, like I said, I've, I've never seen a second of the show. I've just kind of overheard things. Mm-hmm. Megan watches it. Uh, yeah. so she is the one that's just telling me all this. And I just know Zendaya's got talent. I've again, heard things through the grapevine because the last thing I know her from was shaken up on Disney channel. <laughs> she's grown up a lot since then clearly if she's doing euphoria again yeah. i know about the show i just have never seen it but shout out to her yeah cool we love good actresses and good actors the, like, like i said the only things i know about the show is that it's supposed to be a lot of like high school drug related stuff um i've heard mm-hmm. some theories on the show i actually listened to a podcast that ironically talked about it for a couple minutes um yeah. but also like i said uh, zendaya is a great actress so sydney sweeney might be huge soon and the one guy looks like a, looks a lot like Mac Miller, so yeah, he does. Good uh, stuff. Fezco, Fez. yeah, he, and his he, name's Fez, which oh, I love the name. Well, of Fez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, I I love that show. I watch it every. We actually watch it Mondays because that's when we have a time to sit down and watch it together. But uh, Horwat, who is your shout out this week? <laughs> I want to shout out uh, Hendrik Lundqvist because we love hockey players that have multiple talents. Did you see the video of Lundqvist shredding uh, a, a personalized? custom gibson ranger guitar yes i did see that video and that guitar he got on his uh, number retirement as a gift from the new york rangers he is uh i saw that and i loved it you know the guy is uh, immensely talented and i'm jealous and i hate him because he's good at everything he does good at everything he didn't have to say a single word through that entire video and it was just him nope. shredding uh everlong by the foo fighters which by the way dave girl take him on tour he's got nothing else going on right now yeah, but also, did you see the the collection of goalie, of goalie masks behind him? That was also really cool. That like, awesome. I want to see. I'm assuming that's in his apartment in Manhattan, on I, Manhattan, whatever yeah. it is. But I, I would like to see what the full room looks like of that because that looks like a really cool uh, display of helmets. And obviously, him shredding Foo Fighters was also good. It's yeah, just fun stuff all around. I can make this shout out quick. I love when, like I said, athletes have multiple talents. I wasn't as sh- 
I was pretty shocked to see this, but it brought me back to a time when I found out Bernie Williams is also a musician. Yeah. So it's really fun seeing former uh, athletes pick up instruments and do music. Not that they're not that Lundquist is going to pursue that professionally, but hell, if I see a featuring Lundquist on guitar next to a song, <laughs> I'll love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, I just want to make my call out right now really quick because it's just going to be yeah. Brad Marchand. So if you want to hear my call out, just go back to that portion of the episode and go from there because we don't have to keep talking about it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, one last thing on Lungfist. Did you see the clip of him when he was at the NHL on TNT set? He's playing guitar and uh, Biz Nasty. I think there's, he's singing Hinder or some, or Creed or something like oh, that. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it, it was, it <laughs> no, was no, funny. No, I have to go find it. Yeah, definitely go look that up after we're done recording here. But uh, to finish things off, my call out, I'm calling out Wordle for a while. Oh, no. You know? Wordle, you got me hooked on it last week. I've been on it now for about 10 days. Haven't lost, so I should have a streak of 10, correct? But Wordle, for some reason, took out my first eight. So now I have a streak of two. I'm mad. Like, agitated, not actually pissed. Like, it's not going to take more. Like, after this, I'm going to forget about it. But I'm agitated because, you know, I like seeing how many I've gotten in a row. And now it only says two, but I know for a fact that I haven't lost. And I have the Twitter receipts to uh to prove it because i post it every single day that's what i was about to say so did you a miss a day by chance or nope b did you play on a different like did you flip from safari to chrome or nope. play always on, uh, always Incognito? safari on my phone okay because i know so. megan did that once but she was because she was playing on a private mode to start and then when she flipped it over it was gone so it just depends on the servers sometimes or it could be the new york time things new york times thing stepping in and they lied. They said that you get to keep your stuff. They I, don't. I pulled mine up. I'm still there. My current streak is 19. That's because I missed a day. Um, but I still have a 100% uh, winning percentage. Yeah, and 27 played, current streak in 19. I'm still good, so, man, sucks for you. I guess it sucks for me. Hey, you know, it's just uh, the little things. It's it's just it's the little things. It is hey, the little if, things. If, if my biggest concern and my biggest quarrel with this past week has been Wordle, I've had a pretty good week. Exactly. Like I mentioned, it's just a little... It's Sure, we play video games and it hurts and it sucks when we lose, i.e. me me playing my current crack of the show. Um, it sucks whenever I lose and because I'm not good at the game. But at the same time, I turn it off, I walk away, and five minutes later, I totally forget that I swung at a slider eight feet into the other box. You know, small things. Well, you should enjoy that because that's probably the only baseball you're getting in 2023 or 2022. What year is it? I don't know. See? Uh, See? I now think you're catching up to me. <laughs> yeah, well, you got in my head, man. I, hopefully it's not 2023. I got a wedding to pay for in 2023. But anyway. uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys on Monday, potentially talking about Crosby's 500th, potentially talking about a three-game win streak. We'll see where it lies, and we'll talk about it no matter what happens. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.